Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We're just going to head right into that. And there are going to be some notes, so y'all can take notes. It's great. Uh, Number one, choose faith over fear. And I just want to... disclaimer here that I'm not saying if you have enough faith, you'll never be afraid. That is not what I'm saying. Um, You know, the Bible is full of stories of people who were afraid. I mean, most, I would say probably, I don't even know the percentage, but a lot, (laughs) a lot of them are about people who are afraid. And so I'm not saying that you won't be afraid. God actually knows that we will be afraid. He actually gave us that emotion. So he knows that. Um, but there's a scripture that I wanted to read to you, and it's in Second uh, Timothy 1.7, and it says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but instead he gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And so what God is really talking about, there it is, I love that. <laughs> um, what God is really talking about is the fear that paralyzes you. There's a spirit of fear that if you allow it into your heart and into your mind, it will wreck you and it will keep you from taking a step. It'll keep you from taking a next step um, into what God has for you. And so that's really what God is talking about. Not that we won't ever be afraid or that we won't ever feel that fear of emotion, but that we will get so stuck in a, in a paralyzing fear that we can't make a decision and we can't move forward. And that, the scripture says that's not from God. So that's from the enemy. If you feel like there is a fear that is paralyzing you, that is not from God. It's what the God, word of God says. Um, and I really saw this take place. So there was a period of time at the very beginning of the church planning process um, when I was praying and asking God if we should plant a church. Um, Brian had come to me and said, I feel like God spoke this to me. Um, and asked me to pray about it um, and said he wouldn't move forward unless we were in full agreement. And um, he said that he knew that if it was God, that God would speak to me too. It only took six months. (laughs) I'm like, that's how stubborn I am, that it literally took that long for God to like get that into my heart. Um, But I specifically remember this one story. So our oldest son has um, some special needs and um, we were right in the middle of a lot of like, therapy. And that can be kind of draining. And just like all the things that we had him lined up in, and he was working so hard. And I specifically remember one day, um, I was picking him up from therapy. And I was in the waiting room, and they had this back snack room, and all the kids were kind of talking, and there were some things going on. And God spoke to me. I wasn't particularly thinking about church planning at the moment, or praying about it, or anything. And just out of nowhere, he says this thing to me. And it And it was huge because I had so many fears wrapped up in, would this be a good idea to uproot our family? Like we had worked so hard to get him into a routine where he was starting to see some progress. He was starting to speak. He was starting to um, find peace, like, like kind of this like turmoil that was seeming to be inside of him was starting to like level out a little bit. And so, man, all my fears were kind of wrapped up in that place. Like, is he is this a good idea, God? Like, what are you asking us? And this is literally what he said. Jordan is an asset, not a liability. And I need you. And I mean, literally, and it was the most loving and like correction at the same time, like from this dad, because I was like, oh, 
he was like, I just need you to get this. Like you are so focused and so concerned and worried about this. And if you could just see it the way that I see it, you'd see that he's an asset and I'm going to use him. I mean, the way that he includes people, some of you, I'm like, where's Eric? You guys know this. Like the way he includes people, the way he loves people, the way he wants everybody to feel safe and like have a place. And literally, um, Mr. Eric talked, was talking to him this week. He invited like four people to church in Chick-fil-A. Like he's a huge inviter. Like he just wants everybody to come to his church. And really like we've seen God use him that way and it's been incredible. And I just remember in that moment, nothing really changed, but because God said that, I was like, all right, I'm gonna choose to believe you, God. I'm just going to choose faith right now um, over, over my, all my fears. And I wanted to tell you, you know, the Bible actually defines faith for us in Hebrews 11.1. 1. And it says, faith is the confidence of what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And so I'm going to choose to put my faith in what God is saying, even though I can't see it. And I'm just going to take a step. I'm just going to walk and I'm going to hope for uh, the good things and the promises that he has for me. And so uh, this is kind of a big point. I don't think it's on the screen, but if you want to write it down, choosing faith over fear has so much to do with knowing the character of the one we're putting our trust in. I've found that to be the most true thing about this whole faith over fear journey. Uh, God loves us. He's a good father. He has promises for us. Um, this is a very pretty well-known scripture, but it's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Nothing about that sounds negative to me. Nothing. It literally says, I'm not going to harm you. I have good things for you, for a future and a hope. And that's our God. That's who we get to put our trust in. And um, we just, when we choose faith over fear, there is like this, this is how good God is. There's literally a gift that we get inside of that unknown thing, inside of that place where we're uncertain and we're not sure what's gonna happen. And that gift is peace. I've seen this to be true for myself. Um, the more time I spend with God, the more I get to know him. And then the more I know him, the more I know I can trust him. And... Um, this gift, you know, Galatians 5.22, it says that, uh, that peace is a gift. Um, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit that we have inside of us. And this is not, um, I'm like by nature kind of a peacemaker. And so this really resonates with me because it's not this life evasion, okay? Like it's not like, oh, it's not there. I'm all peaceful. I'm good. Like that's not what it's talking about. The Bible literally talks about a peace that doesn't make sense to our human minds, that like we look at our situation and we're like, there's no way I should be having peace right now. But we have this deep God peace in our hearts. Um, and this is what Philippians 4, 7 says. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that's the kind of peace I'm talking about. That's how good God is. That we can be facing this thing that we don't understand, that doesn't make sense. And we can have this peace that, it that it like literally enables us to take that step of faith and just step right over whatever that fear is. Um, and so I just wanna encourage you to today, if there's an area of your life where you feel like there is fear, maybe it's a spirit of fear, you can literally say to that fear, God did not give me a spirit of fear, so you gotta go. And you can take that step of faith and choose faith over fear. So that's the first thing that I learned um, is that when I do that, I will see the promises of God um, come to life in my life. 
Um, I've experienced it. And um, number two, choose the journey over the destination. Man, uh, we've got to learn to find the value in the season that we're in. Um, This process has really taught me that. Uh, We live in a world that just bypasses the journey. So um, I recognize that I'm kind of in that middle place where I'm still young, but I'm still old. Like, I don't really know where I am right now. But there used to be this place called Blockbuster. Anybody? Yeah? Okay, the blue sign where you would literally have to... My kids don't know what VHS is, guys. I'm like, what? This is so weird for me, but there is a place where if you wanted to see a movie that came out in the movie theater, you would have to wait six months at least. Someone would have to drive you to the store, and you'd have to go find it in the rows. And you know what? If it was a new release, probably someone already rented it before you, and you have to wait even longer, you know? And you're like, ah. And that's literally like what I grew up with, whereas now, you know, we can stream something like that. We can literally go on our TV, click it, whatever. And here's another thing. How many of you remember trying to rewind and fast forward just to get to the spot where you like left, like where you were at? And I now, like you literally can click and 15 seconds back like that, 15 seconds forward like that. Like we live in this instant world where we can get anything we want just like that. Um, I have another thought. You know, there used to be this amber colored little strip that was wrapped up in a camera called film. And you would have to take your shot, and for me, I'm a terrible like camera person, so take a terrible shot, but not know how bad it was, go send it off, wait four weeks to get your prints back, <laughs> only to be like, oh, bummer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was, and now, you know, most of us on our phones have like an incredible camera, and we can just take, take thousands of pictures, delete, retake, edit, like all the things just like that. Um, and it's just this instant, like, we bypass all of that journey I just talked about. Um, this is my favorite example. I'm a mom. This one actually saves my life. I literally don't have to go to the grocery store. I have an app on my phone where I can, like if I forget something, I can order the groceries and they're delivered to my house in a month, like a month, an hour, one hour. It has changed my life. Like I think moms probably pre all this spent 50% of their lives in the grocery store. Because with your kid in the thing, you almost need two carts, and you're like, oh gosh, it's just a mess. And so that one I'm actually really thankful for. Um, but yeah, so we, we always will find ourselves wishing we were there. You know, whether good or bad, whether it's like I'm in a season I don't want to be in, and so get me out, or maybe it's something really good that I'm looking forward to, like us for the launch of the church. Oh, I just want to be there. I'm so excited about that thing. I just want to be there. That sometimes we can miss out on what God is doing right now in the moment. What the, and there's joy that's in it. That's what this season has just taught me. Um, we have this natural lean. So, like, I'm guilty of this with my kids especially, you know, what's the next big thing to plan for, the next birthday party, the next, you know, I want my kids to be in that next phase, so I can't wait till they walk, I can't wait till they, whatever, can't wait till they start school, and um, we, we can get so just fixated on what's next, and then if you ask somebody who's like an empty nester, 
and you have your kids beside you, they're like, oh, I just, I miss when they were that age. I just, I would wish I could go back and whatever, you know, so they're kind of looking back and we kind of get in this place where we have a lean, either we're always future focused, we're always just wanting to be there, or we're so focused on the past and like what has happened and that we just, we miss out on the right now. And so kind of today, what I just wanted to encourage us is like, let's come back to like, what's God doing right now? in your life? What's the value in the season that you're going through right now? What's the joy that's in the season right now? Um, For us, this journey to get to a church being here, it was about five years in all. And um, there's been some amazing seasons. There's been some terrifying seasons. (laughs) There's been some uncomfortable seasons, some honestly, some painful seasons, Um, and then some fun and exciting seasons too. But looking back on it, I would not trade a single one of those because what God was doing in them was so, so valuable. Um, and I, and I just want to encourage you because sometimes we don't see those things until we're out, out of them. Um, but if we can recognize it while we're in it, it's a truly a gift. Um, we spent about a year in Birmingham before we got to Cincinnati, just training um, with ARC and with doing some learning and that kind of thing. And we just chose, even though we knew that time was going to be temporary, we just chose to like go all in with the relationships, with meeting people, with, we led a small group. We knew we were only going to be there for like six months at that time, and we still led a small group, and we just took advantage of the moment. Um, And then when we moved here to Cincinnati, um, we moved kind of early so we could have time to meet people, because we didn't know anybody before we had started church. And so we would do things like um, Friday night dinners, and startup parties, and we'd have coffee with people, and um, What's crazy to me, I'm just so thankful that God like opened my eyes to the fact that we would never again have this season and like to find the joy in it and to find like just embrace the moments because I mean, I look around, there are people in this room today that I did not know. They're in this room because of of choosing to do that, like just choosing to invest in the relationship in the moment. Um, That small group, Caroline, Kennedy, I don't know if Caitlin's in here. Four of the girls from our small group live in Cincinnati and serve at this church now. It blows my mind. Like, God, what? <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I think, Noah, we met you at a random thing in our apartment, and he showed up, and that's where I met you for the first time. Um, Sydney, we literally met the day our U-Haul pulled up in Alabama. She lived in the same apartment complex as us. And I can't imagine my life without you. And so I'm so grateful that God would like use that moment. Um, I was thinking about here in Cincinnati, there's so many of you that I met at a dinner party or at a startup party. I'm pretty sure Nick Brown that we met at a, at a dinner party for the first time. And so, and now we I mean, serving in our church, growing, um, all because it wasn't like, just get to launch, just get to launch. It was like, take a moment, look at the person in front of you and invest in the time and the relationship and like what God's doing right now. Um, and I'm just so, so grateful because I, I think my personality, I would have never taken the time to just see, see people that were right in front of me and just how fun it was. It was so fun. It was such a, just a fun season. Um, so I just slowed down, enjoyed the moment. I didn't try to bypass all the way to launch like that. Um, so for you, you know, maybe today you find yourself like in that job that you didn't think you'd still be in. Uh, maybe you're still in school. 
Um, I thought about this because I haven't gotten to this stage, so it's hard for me to think like past where I'm at. But like maybe you just want to retire. Maybe you're ready to retire, and you're like, why am I still in this job that I have? Maybe you're still in that same financial situation that you didn't think you would be in. Um, Maybe you're just somewhere that you don't want to be, or you're just not where you wish you were yet. Um, But either way, I just want to encourage you today to ask God to help you find the joy in what he's doing right now. What is he doing right now? Um, I love that Pastor Josh said that last week. Let's not ask why so much as like, what are you, what do you want me to do with this? Like, what are you teaching me right now in this moment? Um, Let's not miss out on what God is doing right in front of us and let's choose the journey over the destination. Um, And there's the last thing that I learned. I mean, I learned a lot, but this is the last one I'll share with you, is choose obedience over comfort. Just say yes to God. I feel like I have had to learn this the stubborn hard way. Um, But in this church planning process, I've done a lot of things that I have said I would never do. This is one of them. Um, (laughs) And literally, there have been many times, like I said, Brian and I have been married 15 years. There have been many times over the years that he was like, I would never want to do that. Talking about starting a church, I never want to do that. Um, And here we are doing that, you know. Um, But listen to this quote. This is one of my favorite quotes from Neil Donald Walsh. It says, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. I love that. It is so true. Uh, Two reasons why I have chosen obedience over comfort um, is I really have learned that the best life we can live is following Jesus. When we just say yes to God, it is the best life. You'll hear Brian say sometimes that life with Jesus just gets better and better. And it comes from um, a scripture, John 10, 10. It says, I came, this talk Jesus, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And we, if you've been here at all, you've heard this and we're just gonna keep banging the drum. Okay, we've bought into this heart and soul because we've lived it and we've experienced it. That there's just nothing better. It's the best way that we can live. Um, it's the most exciting, the most adventurous. You just never know how God's going to show up and what He's going to do. And so it's amazing to to just live for Him. Um, and then the and then the second reason, um, or actually, I want to tell you this because He calls it better and better. Here's what I call it. I call it being positioned for a miracle. Okay. Because when you step out and you're desperate for God, there's no plan B. God's got to show up. So you, you, have this, you have literally put yourself in a position to receive a miracle from God. And we've seen that to be true in our lives, just so many miracles. Um, and I just love it. I think it's great. Um, but the second reason that I would choose obedience over comfort is I have learned that there's always life change on the other side of our yes for other people. Um, their Bible is full of people who are obedient to God and then people's lives are changed. People get saved. Uh, People literally like see miracles. Like they think they're going to die and God saves them. Like Old Testament battles. Like someone obeys some weird request that God has and boom, it's like this incredible victory. And so I've seen this to be true in my life. And um, here's why I've resolved to always say yes to God is that God's heart is for lost people. God wants to partner with us to bring hope and to bring life to other people. Um, and here's kind of how I learned this during the, the church plant process. Brian was traveling one weekend and we were at, at church and after church, the boys were playing in the indoor playscape thing. 
um, and lots of people around, lots of people around. And um, Jordan had had some issue that I needed to help him deal with. So like I knelt down to like eye level, help him, that kind of thing. And when I stood back up, I couldn't see Caleb anywhere. And I mean, there's lots of kids. So I start like calling his name and I don't find him. So I start to kind of panic. So then I literally start climbing up in the playscape, shouting his name, getting my phone out, showing people a picture of like, has anyone seen him? And then when I finally have like realized like he's lost and I didn't know where he was, I start freaking out, of course, I think as any parent would. Um, I don't know exactly how long he was lost for. I just know that it was terrifying and I was desperate to find him. I would have done anything, honestly, anything to find him. And um, we finally got security. Thankfully, this church has like impeccable security. We found security. They locked down the campus and we found him in the parking lot on the other side of the campus. So I don't know how this happened, but that's how quickly, like, I mean, he could have been gone. It was crazy. Um, But thankfully, he's okay. He's alive and well. All is good. Um, But for whatever that time was, you know, that 15 minute time range, whatever, I really felt like I got a glimpse of the heart of God, Um, how desperate he is for his lost kids, how he would do anything. And I remember what still sticks with me today is how seemingly unconcerned everyone was around me, that my kid was lost. And I would ask people, and it was like, because they're good, they're just good. And I think we can be that way sometimes in life and, and forget that God's heart, like he wants to partner with us. He wants us to be desperate for his kids, just like he's desperate for them to be found. Um, and the coolest thing is that since the beginning of our church, because of so many of you who said yes to this church, we've had 327 lost people found, lost kids come home. It's amazing. Yeah, you need to know that like, it's a huge part of our church. Brian will probably talk about this in Growth Track, but it's a huge part of our church. Um, we're going to continue to not apologize for that number to get as big as it possibly can get, and not because we just want to fill this auditorium and have a huge church. It's because people are our priority. They matter to God, so they matter to us, and we want to make a big difference. And so you're going to hear that a lot, and we want you to be just like, come on, jump on, jump on board, jump on the train. Um, because there is nothing better uh, to live for than, than life change. And uh, when I was preparing and thinking about this this week, um, I remember the very first person here in Cincinnati uh, that made that decision. The church hadn't even launched yet. Shawnee, you in here? Would you just, ra- just wave? Shawnee, my good friend Shawnee. Uh, she gave her life to Jesus at our dinner table. And uh, she's been with Queen City since the beginning. She is growing and serving, and God is doing and has done so much in her life. Um, I just want to tell you, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm honored to know you. She serves our kids so well. She recently led uh, one of our Serve Day projects. She's just growing like crazy. Um, We literally talked on the phone this week, and we were both like crying, (laughs) thinking about just like all God has done uh, in her life. And um, I just learned that my life and my calling is not about me. And your calling is more than just about you. It's always to make a difference. It's always to make, to have life change, um, to help the people around you. Um, the moment that you find your purpose is the moment it becomes about other people. 
you know, so much of it is like, we want to find out what God has for us and our calling. And that's so good. But the moment you figure it out, guess what? It's for somebody else. And so there might be people in your neighborhood, at your job, in your school, in your kids' activities. There may be somebody at brunch today, your waiter, who knows. But God wants you to say yes to whatever he's asking and then just watch what he'll do. Um, And we want to help you with that. So like, I don't know if you know this, but these are here every week at our church. These are called Acts of Kindness cards. They're in the lobby. And they just say, here's a small gift to brighten your day, no strings attached. And it's just a small way that we can empower you and help you to do this. So I'd encourage you, grab some on your way out today. Just, God, how do you want to use me this week? Um, Because he'll do it. And I just, just watch, just watch. I'm like, even if you're like, I don't know, Heather, whatever, just try it and then come tell me what happens because it'll be awesome. Um, but we have these out there for you. And I wanted to read you this. Um, I have the honor of helping with social media too. So I see a lot of the messages that we get in and that kind of thing. And this is a message from someone um, that they sent us um, regarding this card. And this is what it said. To the member of your church who purchased my breakfast this morning, thank you. I was on my way to the hospital to visit my infant son, who's been transferred to Children's Hospital two weeks ago for surgery. He's born premature over five weeks ago, and I have lived in the hospital with him since. I just wanted you to know that your act of kindness really brightened my day. I know that Jesus is working through you, as he has worked through so many others to let me know he is with me on this journey. So, I mean, guys, this woman, who know, I mean, that's got to be painful, man. She's been living at a hospital for five months because somebody just left this and brought her breakfast. She just encouraged her, let her know that Jesus is with her, that she's not alone, that he sees her pain, that he's with her on the journey. You know, like that made a huge impact. It changed somebody's life. Just this little card. Um, so I encourage you to grab some today. Um, is it going to be comfortable? Is saying yes to Jesus always gonna be comforting, you know, like warm and fuzzy? Probably not. <laughs> it definitely has not been the case for me, um, but it's worth it. It's totally worth it. And I wanna choose it regardless. Um, no one understands this better than Jesus. You know, he had this, he had the life. He left the comfort of heaven, chose to become a human, chose the discomfort of a cross, all, just for a chance to have a relationship with us. Um, So he was obedient to that. The Bible literally says he was obedient to death on a cross. And um, I love this scripture uh, in Psalm 103. It just talks about how much God loves us, what Jesus did for us. This is what it says. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us or remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for his unfailing love toward us to those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens are above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. And I don't know if you've ever heard that before, that that Jesus has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. But I love that picture that literally as physically, as scientifically possible, God has just removed all of our bad mistakes, all of our bad choices, all the ways that like, even when we know it's wrong, we still chose to do it. All those things. He, he chose this very uncomfortable path 
just to wipe all that clean. You know, it's literally all our sin as far as the East is from the West. It's so good. Such a great act of love. And I, you know, he did that just for the chance. That's what's crazy. Just for the chance that you would choose him. Um, he wasn't even guaranteed that, but just for the chance to have a relationship with you and not religion, not some kind of set of rules or a set of like symbolic weird things that we would do. Literally, it's just so that we could be connected back to God because God being perfect couldn't be in our sin. And what Jesus did literally reconnects us back to him. It's such a great, great loving thing to do. Um, you know, we always want to do this every week. We want to give someone an opportunity. If, if you've never made a decision to have a relationship with God, we want to always give someone that opportunity today because He loves you that much, and we love you too. And so if everybody would just bow their heads, we're gonna just going to um, talk to God for a minute. And we just do this so that we can focus and have a moment alone, just you and God. Um, and just ask God, what are you speaking to me right now? Uh, what does my response need to be to this message today? Because we always want our Sundays to affect our Monday. And maybe today you have a situation where you need to choose faith over fear. Maybe you need to choose to enjoy the journey God has you on and ask him what he's doing in it right now. Maybe your response needs to be grabbing some of these cards, the acts of kindness cards on your way out today and letting God use you this week to make a difference. Um, maybe it's you need to say yes to a relationship with God. And that's really what we wanna give you a chance to do right now, is just a decision to start or restart a relationship with God. Um, I'm just gonna lead you in a simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer today, just to get right with God, to start a relationship with Him, I want you to, without hesitation, just raise your hand. And we're just gonna pray together. That's all we're gonna do is we're gonna pray. I'm just gonna lead you in this prayer. You can pray this in your heart. Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry I've lived my life without you. Come live in me, change me, make me brand new. I wanna surrender my whole life to you and I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com. 